Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is the Scott Squad Podcast. I've got a stacked show for you today. We explore what happened to Rangers player Glenn Kamara when he was racially abused by Slava Prague defender Andre Cadella. What more UEFA can do to combat racism? And if Eastern Europe has a racism problem? To discuss these matters, I am joined by elite criminal defence lawyer Amar Anwar, who represents Glenn Kamara multi-award-winning journalist and editor for Sky Sports News, Anthony Joseph, and project editor for the Rangers Review and former Daily Record journalist, Johnny McFarlane. To kick off the show, I asked Amar, Anthony and Johnny what their reaction was to Glenn Kamara being racially abused by Andre Cadella. Um, it was one of abject horror. I was looking at a player who had achieved a great deal at a young age, playing on the international stage, and it was the last place that you would expect this to be happening. Um, sadly, you've got used to watching um, you know, fans racially abusing um, individuals who are playing, but you, you don't expect another player to racially abuse um, somebody in such a manner. Uh, and, and you can see that on Glenn's face. You can see that on the players' faces, you know, um, in terms of the immediate shock of what happened, and then it's sinking in, um, and then the aftermath of that. I was, it's hard to explain because you're surprised, but you're also not surprised. So you're surprised that the captain of a football club in the Europa League, last 16, wasn't it, um, could say something so stupid out loud because, but, but you're not surprised that people would have these views and people would, you, you, I'm not surprised that people, well, it doesn't matter where you come from, it's footballers are also a reflection of society but every every industry is a reflection of society and racism is prevalent in society still in western society in eastern europe and many other parts of the world and it's not surprising people would have those views but what did surprise me and what shocked me is that the captain of slavia prague could say that to a player at a game that was most shocking and especially a game where there's no fans um where other players did hear it and you could see the reaction from from other players and that that yeah my immediate reaction was obviously sad sadness and like yeah like surely not surely he's not said something but you could see from the reaction that there was um that something completely outrageous was said and yeah there was witness accounts of, of what was said i was working on the news desk um the sports news desk at the daily records and obviously i think i was on a match report so i was typing away watching the game typing away the way the daily record did it was they'd have a guy at the game and they would have a guy on the desk and the guy on the desk would do the instant report and that's how it worked um, so you're, you're, you're watching the game from the office and it's hard to actually pick up the, the incidents because you're watching and writing at the same time and you really only get a quick scan at things as they happen because you're constantly looking up and looking down, looking up and looking down. Um, and you saw clearly something very, very bad had gone on, but with news reporting, you always have to be very careful um, in terms of how you report it because you don't know 
what was said, it immediately looked like a like a racist comment had been made by the reaction, not just by the players and Kamara, um, who is a, a I mean, Glenn Kamara is just like a quiet, even tempered kid. You know, he is not the type to react to provocation. Um, so it was clear that something very, very bad had gone on. And then as the match finished, it was then all about reporting this incident because it became clear from what the pundits were saying after the game. And you know that given they're there, they're getting information. Uh, and then what we were seeing in terms of the pictures of Steven Gerrard remonstrating with the Slavia Prague manager and uh, officials, it, it became obviously a much bigger story than the actual game itself. Um, but it, to be honest, in the moment, it, I, I felt it was fairly clear um, what had happened. Now, there's a difference between me feeling what looks to be fairly clear and then actually putting that in print in a national newspaper. Um, so I think when we, we wrote the news story around what had happened, we had to be very vague because you obviously were not sure until accusations are made. But once Stephen Jenner came in the press op, um, into the, the, the press room at Ibrox, I think it was fairly clear uh, what the situation was and, and he cleared it up absolutely. Slavia Prague released a statement defending Andre Cadella and denied any racism happened. Disgusting, it was abhorrent, it almost, well, it inflamed the situation. Um, there was a refusal to accept any form of responsibility. There was banners unfurled with horrific and racial slurs um, by their ultra flat fans. Um, and there was literally within the space of a few hours, the, the, the abuse on social media started. And of course, there was Mr. Cadella who denied having, having made the remark which further inflamed the situation. And it also, it became a, um, a case of that, that they were accusing Glenn of, of lying. There was no basis for him having to lie. And, and, and it almost became a battle, I suppose, to, to, to a certain extent. But I mean, it, obviously I was involved um, almost instantly um, as Glenn's lawyer. And, um, and I knew that that stage when I called for him to be banned for Cudella to be banned. Um, I didn't realise the backlash that was going to come. Glenn, of course, had, had been telling me that it was a sort of an onslaught of um, racist abuse, death threats um, on social media against him, people trying to contact him, people via Instagram, people via you know Facebook, um, Twitter, I think it was. Um, and the same thing started to happen to me as soon as I spoke up publicly, went onto the news, um, released a statement on behalf of Glenn, calling for UEFA to take swift and firm action to say, there's no point just talking about Black Lives Matters, taking the knee and having banners unfold, you know, sort of show racism red card, but then actually when it happens, it seems that they're more worried about their pocket than actually taking action that um, acts as a deterrent. And, and it seemed to be robust. UEFA, um, I think, were a failure on it when, when it came down to it. Um, and there was a 10-match ban that, that, that Mr. Cudella received, which I, I never thought was um, was enough. I didn't expect anything else. They're gonna, if their captain says he didn't do it, are they going to say, no, you did? It's really difficult when a work, in a workplace environment, they've got to stick by their employee. But I thought it was quite a poor response to uh, how Glenn Kamara might have felt if, he, if, if they think he wasn't racially abused, but just they should 
acknowledged that there was an accusation of racial abuse. Glenn Kamara was extremely upset by it. And Gerard talked about this as well afterwards. And then to put out a state, the statements that they did, almost just dismissing it in a way, dismissing that how he, how he might have felt, what he heard, and focusing on what he they claim was an alleged attack in the in the tunnel, and I, I, it was really poor how they how they handled it. I thought, and a bit unsurprising again. It's it's hard to. Like I said, I'm not. I don't want to defend them, but uh, I, I didn't expect them to say yes. Our captain was racist, and he, um, even though he's saying he wasn't racist, we believe he was. I was not expecting that. That would be groundbreaking if if something like that, that would not even happen in the UK. Look, you saw it with Celtic. Celtic didn't. Celtic backed Tony because he said that he he didn't do it. And I think a lot of the players now would be quite ashamed of how they how they went about that. In the same way, a lot of Liverpool players are coming out now and saying they're ashamed of how they backed Suarez in the, in that moment. So it's times are moving on. And you'd think in the UK there'd be more nuance. There'd be um, you wouldn't come straight out and back your player. But that, we've got to remember in, in Eastern Europe. There is a slightly different approach to racism. There's a slightly different view of it. And it's not taken... I don't want to say it's not taken as seriously because I, I still don't think it's taken as seriously here in the UK, but it just it's just not... There's, they've got to come up a few levels in terms of how they tackle racism to reach the levels that perhaps we're at here in the UK. But... Even then, here in the UK, it's still not good enough. Andre Cadell was found guilty of racial abusing Glenn Kamara and was handed a 10-game ban. I asked Anthony, Johnny and Amar if they believed it was strong enough and what kind of punishment they would have imposed. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think I tweeted straight after the game that if this turns out to be true, Slavia Prague, that UEFA need to handle this this week, is what I said. If it turns out to be true, Slavia Prague should be kicked out of the of the Europa League. I don't even think I said if it turns out to be true because I fully believe after hearing Gerard in his post match, after witnessing the reactions, I was positive that what was being said, there was no reason for Kamara to lie. And anyone who knows Glenn Kamara, I don't personally, but anyone who knows him talks about how honest, how quiet a guy he is. And just, yeah, this, it's it's ridiculous. You can see the reactions from the other players. It's not like he's gone on alone and said, oh, this has happened and no one else has heard it. Other players have heard it as well. Um, for, so I thought UEFA, if they were really, if they really wanted to show how much they, the, the respect badge means to them, how much uh, all their campaigns against racism mean to them, they would have investigated it that week and kicked Slavia Prague out of the Europa League. And that doesn't necessarily mean people are saying, oh, but Rangers were well beaten, they shouldn't don't deserve to go through or anything like that. That's for UEFA to decide what they do with that. But to take a strong stance, the captain of a football club, the captain of Slavia Prague racially abused Glenn Kamara on the pitch 
when was found guilty by UEFA and they only gave him a 10 game ban. They didn't ban him from football. You see in all these sanctions now for people who are technically, <laughs> well, but the individual's innocent, but they're facing sanctions because they represent certain countries and certain states. So it's uh, not in all cases, obviously, <laughs> before it go, in some cases that um, they're rightly sanctioned, but for people to be banned because they're associated with something and for people to be, uh, sorry, for, for people to be indefinitely banned from playing because they're associated with something compared to a 10 game ban for someone racial being found guilty by UEFA's eyes, but being found guilty of racially abusing a footballer on the pitch in a UEFA game is ridiculous. They could have suspended him from all, even if they don't want to get involved in domestic football, suspend him from all UEFA games, cannot play for his country again, cannot play for um, any European games for Slavia, Prague. That's what it should have been in my eyes. And I would have gone, I would have dealt with it further and kept Slavia, Prague out of the Europa League for that. And I don't think UEFA or FIFA take racism and racist incidents seriously enough. Um, they're more than happy to, to trot out um, cliches and campaigns. But when it comes to it, where is the action? Uh, 10 games, it's just not enough for what, what, what went down. If they want to be taken, seem to be taking this as serious, seriously as it needs to be taken, then surely a much stronger punishment needs to be in place. Surely financial penalties could be applied, uh, penalty, a, a much longer ban that, that actually sends a proper signal that if you do this, you are sacrificing your own career. Ten games is, is, is nothing. I mean, I'll tell you one part of it um, that I am delighted with. I'm delighted those ten games coincided with the Euros because that would have been really painful for them. And, and, and that makes it more of a punishment than it would have been. Um, but but ten games just as a general thing, it's nowhere near enough. It's absolutely nowhere near enough, and they need to look at aligning their corporate strategy with actual tangible decision making processes. And it's clear they don't align. And uh, you know, I always some you know, listen. I get frustrated at pundits sitting pontificating about issues like this without understanding the real politic of what goes on behind the scenes. But really. You know, nobody likes uh, corporations and double standards. And uh, there's clear evidence of double standards here. You know, as I say, they're more than happy when it suits them, when it fits their corporate alignment uh, and their ideologies uh, to to sell stuff to McDonald's uh, for the World Cup and things like that. They're happy to be anti-racist. But when it comes to someone uh, whispering racist abuse in the ear of a black player, 10-game ban. I mean, when you have a situation where an individual refuses to accept responsibility, it inflames the situation, which means then fans and even covered ministers and uh, media commentators from that company, country become involved, who then proceed to abuse not just Glenn Kamara, but also their lawyer. And I suspect very much the fact that I happened to be Asian, a person of colour, meant that I received a special attention uh, because it was racist abuse after racist abuse. And when that happens, and when the, when the actual team itself fails to take any action themselves against the individual player respond and defend him to the hilt. Um, I think the action needs to be robust. It needs to be swift. It needs to be effective. 
Uh, and the whole point is that it has to be punishment that's seen as a deterrent. And that means hit them where it hurts. And I think teams should be, the individual players themselves should be punished. And they should be banned for a minimum of a year from, from international matches. Um, and if the team, the, the their actual club themselves fail to accept responsibility for the actions of the player and add flames, add fuel to the flames, um, then action should be taken against them also. You know, and, and I, I think we saw that something like nearly a year later when I think the stadium was supposed to, supposedly played um, empty, but then uh, UEFA in their wisdom despite, decided to fill it with school children who I think were of the age 11 to 15 or 16. And then Glenn Kamara once again received special attention. You know, um, Glenn said that he believed it was racist abuse. And of course, UEFA didn't have, we, we subsequently found out, I don't think they, they, they've done away with actual independent monitors um, at football matches. So um, no action was taken against the club. Rangers played Slavia Prague's rival Sparta Prague in Europa League. Anytime Glenn Kamara touched the ball, he was subjected to booing from the stands, with the majority being children in attendance. I, I found it disgusting, I found it abhorrent, um, that when it penetrates down to the level of children, where do they learn that from? They learnt it from their, their family members, from their parents, from, from older people. They learn it from society, they learn it from the media. And... Um, Sadly, what I've seen, not just just in, in Slovakia, but in other Eastern European countries, where racism is not seen as an issue, um, they don't they don't take it, um, they don't deal with it. Um, it's it's a hidden secret, a hidden dirty secret. And if somebody's accused of it, the, the way that they deny it, I mean, this is what I found really bizarre was that the way that they denied the racism was to try and obliterate you with racist abuse. You know, I mean, I was called everything under the sun. Glenn Kamara was called everything under the sun. It was always racial epithets um, attached to it. Um, and they would they would attack you and then say, how dare you call us racist? But in the same sentence that followed, there would be racist abuse. That was extremely sad, wasn't it? It was really hard to watch once you once you clicked what was going on. And it wasn't just Kamara, wasn't it? There was other players, other black players in the Rangers team who would receive some booze. And then when it was Kamara, it was strong. And you just thought, I don't know, it just really, really kind of got to me, that one, because the kids, it was 10,000 kids, wasn't it? And they they had a stadium ban because of racism. And yet here's 10,000 kids. And people aren't born racist. People don't, people aren't born with these views. It's it's being taught somewhere. It's the environment you grow up in. It's it's horrible that to think that kids could do that. Yes, I I agree definitely that there should be a zero tolerance approach. Of course there should be, because unless the game stops, I, I would I would completely back just walking off the pitch, and until the game stops. The, the races I know I know this is a societal issue of course there is but in terms of just football bands or clubs getting fined for fans chanting whatever until the game actually stops until black players brown players players of any other ethnic minority and and their allies their 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 white counterparts in their team say look we're hearing it We've heard it. Let's go. That until that happens, until the actual game stops, it'll continue because 
fans fans know they can keep going players know oh i'm just going to get a, a few games banned and my club might get fined doesn't affect them really it affects them a little bit but it not 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 to, enough to stop doing it because you still see it and with fan chanting you still you still see it all the time uh, and that's that's the thing even just banning them banning sections of the crowd they're back the next game it's like a two game ban and a and a fine for the association it's not enough players just need to walk off the pitch and say right we've had enough UEFA sort this out because once that happens, it puts pressure on UEFA, it puts pressure on the SFA, the FA, whichever competition it's in, it, to do something. And if they're not, if they don't do something in that moment, imagine they kick the, t- imagine Rangers walked, I'm not saying Rangers should have done this at the time because there was various circumstances as well. But imagine Rangers walk off the pitch if one of their players is racially abused in a UEFA game and then UEFA fine rangers or ban rangers because they've um breached contracts or failed to adhere to rules things like that that would show them up that would be a strong word that they would not even contemplate getting into they wouldn't do that they would not ban rangers they would not find rangers because the outcry and the the fallout would be too big because they're almost saying that Rangers are in the wrong for walking off the pitch when they're going to their work, they're being racially abused, and they've decided to leave that their place of work. That it put that in any other industry, and that's normal. Any other industry, the racist would be sacked when if they've been found guilty. So use this, use UEFA going to their disciplinary hearing as a tribunal in the workplace in any other industry if they're. If it happened in teaching, if it happened in nursing, the NMC or the General Teaching Council would do their disciplinary hearing. They would find them guilty, and then that school or local authority would have to bat would would ban them, sack them. And likewise in healthcare, in, in all in all professions, if a, if the governing body is deemed that you've been racist, they'd be sacked. Amor believes there is a racism problem in Eastern Europe. I asked Anthony if he agrees and he tells me about his experience visiting Eastern Europe. I would say it's still perhaps a few decades back, uh, further behind. And yes, multiculturalism isn't the same there. It's not as cosmopolitan, but they're still in the same year as us and they should still... I mean, you look at countries like Scandinavia, look at the Scandinavian countries who are so liberal, yet diversity is not huge there, but racism isn't so isn't as prevalent as even in the UK. It's just a different mindset. So yes, you, as you're talking about culture, that's possibly it. overt racism in the football in football stands is common in countries like Poland, Czech Republic and other other places in in, in Eastern Europe. You see it all the time. You see it in, on the news there. You see it um, in videos. You, you see it constantly. You see it with, their, with ultras groups um, and pictures and things like that as well. So, and that's a reflection of society. They feel that they can be so overtly racist because they can get away with it because it's accepted. And yes, if it 
when there's an acceptance, there is a culture problem, and and that that's that is a major issue in in Eastern Europe because you see it on mass, don't you? And with, you saw it with the England players in Bulgaria, the England players in in Hungary. It's uh, yeah, it's sad to see, and um, it's always something you have to be wary of. Even like myself, when I've when I've been to Eastern Europe and you notice when there was a football game we were going to in Krakow and we actually turned away, not because of of uh, racism towards me, but I could tell as we approached the stadium that I was getting looked at because there were I was the only person who wasn't white um, there. Um, we were actually on a stag do with my mates, but the issue that the ultras had with our group was because our stag was dressed up as a woman. So that was, um, th- that's why we turned, they actually just told us to F off. So we we did, and uh, we didn't want any bother <laughs> because um, it was, uh, we, we tried to explain, we tried to explain, <laughs> but there's just a different mentality that just anything different, anything that looks like even like a man dressing up as a woman, which is what he, which is what our stag was. And uh, it was, there's that, you've just got to be careful. And as a black person, as a brown person in Eastern Europe, you do think about things like that. And you do think about, am I okay to go there? I, I remember in Riga, so my partner, she's white. When we were in Latvia and we were walking, holding hands just before we had our baby, and people were just staring at it, but like right in our faces, as if like this was totally weird or wrong that someone my color is holding hands with someone who's white. And it's it, it's not nice, but you also you understand that they've probably never seen it before. Perhaps them seeing it opens their minds a little bit. But they've got a long way to go in Eastern Europe. I don't like to generalize too much, but when you're talking about cultures, you do have to generalize. You have to you have to work to what is seen on mass, and there is a massive problem with overt racism in the football stands in Eastern Europe, and that that is always a reflection of wider society. To finish off the show. I asked Amma how Glenn Kamara feels knowing that the whole Cadella situation is finally over after Cadella dropped his appeal and apologised. He's glad the matter's over. I mean, Glenn Kamara's not a campaigner. One of the things I would say is that often people assume that the woes who are victims of racism somehow have to campaign on it. Glenn um, has always acted as an ambassador for football. He's um, renowned for being, um, you know, never received a red card in his, you know, in all the time that he played. Um, good-mannered, hard-working, well-respected. Stephen Gerrard was manager at the time. He said he'd never seen a young player as hard-working as him. Um, he just wanted to get on with the game of football and he hated the fact that he was at the centre of attention for the wrong reasons. Centre of attention is for what? For being the victim of racism. So he's glad the matter is now concluded and he just simply wants to get on with playing the game. Thank you very much for listening to the show. To check out more episodes of the Scott Scott podcast, we are available on SoundCloud. Until next time, I'm Scott Bradley. Take care and we'll see you soon.